Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books. And cats. lovers. Happy holidays and happy end of 2021. I don't know about you guys, but this was a pretty intense year, but it's also been a super productive one and I am tentatively hopeful for 2022. So for the holidays, I am going to be taking a little time off. This will be the last episode of the year and season two will start up again on January 6th. Plus the second season of Storytime with M will be back with my book, Super Gym, Get Fit or Die Tryin'. So lots of fun stuff to look forward to in the new year. Anyway, for this episode, I want to talk about my top reads from 2021. So I've been setting aside my absolute favorite books, because honestly, my memory is garbage, (laughs) and I knew I wouldn't remember all of them. So anytime that a book was just, like, super spectacular... I put it on a certain shelf away from the rest of my books, and I ended up with six. Also, really quickly, if you go to the Books and Cats Instagram, that's books.cats.pod, I am going to be doing um, a giveaway, any of my top six books for free. All you have to do is send me a message, let me know which one you want, give me your address, and if you're the first person to ask for that book, I'll send it to you, because all of these books really need to be read. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and I covered a book that was really interesting to you that is not one of my top six, send me a message too, because if I still have it, I'll send it along. I read a lot and I don't tend to reread anymore just because there's so many other things that I want to get to. So I am more than happy for these books to find good homes. (laughs) So yeah. Go to my Instagram, check it out, let me know if you want a book, and if you're the first one to ask, you'll get it. Anyway, so the first one of the six was so good that it kind of started the whole setting the books aside for my top reads of the year. This was the first one this year that I read where I was just, like, blown away. It is The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. This book has magic and multiple time periods. There's fear and there's bravery. The women in this book are so incredibly strong and powerful and resilient. It's so, so good. It was actually one of the Book of the Month top five finalists for their Book of the Year, which is voted on by all the people that get books from Book of the Month. It was not picked book of the year, but top five is really good considering they put out like, I think, five or six new titles a month. So that's pretty cool. If you want to hear more about Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner, you can check out episode 29. It's fantastic. Highly recommend. The next one on my list is The Maidens by Alex Michaelitis. I'm not sure how to say his last name. 
But bitch, this one is everything. It has murder on a university campus. It has Greek mythology. It has weird, like, kind of cult-like groups of students. It's got mystery, suspense, and the ending is superb. The reveal is so startling and incredible that it just, this book really lingered for a long time. It took me a while to be able to move on. Usually it takes me like a day or two if it's really good. But this one, like, I was thinking about it for weeks. And every once in a while, it still pops into my head. It's, And like I said, my memory is garbage, so you know it's good. <laughs> if you want to hear more about this incredible thriller, you can check out episode 45. Number three is Not a Happy Family by Sherry LaPena. This one was a fantastic thriller. It had a multitude of suspects, and it keeps you guessing the entire time. You don't know until right up at the end who actually did it. And the end is super surprising. It's so good. It does start out somewhat confusing just because there's so many characters to introduce, but then it quickly turns into a really absorbing, just unputdownable story. You can check out episode 47 if you want to hear more about this one. So next is one that I really did not think would be on my top reads of the year. It is The Heart Principle by Helen Huang. This one really just kind of came out of nowhere. I thought I was getting a fun, romantic tale, and it was. It did follow most of the standard romantic romance novel plot points, but it was so much more. The characters were really complex, and honestly, the situations had more to do with the main characters' family issues, traditions, and also just the weight of having to care for a relative that's on hospice. But like I said, it does also have some of those standard plot points. It's got some really wonderful moments of romance and conflict, and it's just sweet. It's one of the best recent romances that I have read. I really, really loved it. You can check out episode 52 if you want more on this emotional and engaging book. But definitely check it out. <laughs> Number five is Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. This one was creepy, and it had such a great misdirect, one that I really didn't see coming. Plus, it also has the setting of the Scottish Highlands during a blizzard, which is just like, it's so well described and it's so desolate and just frightening. It's really, really well done. It also involves a character who has face blindness, which was a really interesting perspective, both like how it affected his life and how it affected his wife we kind of got to see both sides. And that was really interesting and definitely caused unique conflict. The ending for this one was really great, too. It was not what you would expect. <laughs> I really, really love this one. It's excellent. You can check out episode 57 if you want to hear more about this one. And finally, we have A History of Wild Places by Shay Earnshaw. So I thought up until, like, last week that I was going to have a top five for 2021, which seemed kind of ideal. But then I got my massive book of the month delivery, and I chose this one at random, and it was so fucking good. <laughs> Missing people who seem to have not been seen by anyone, 
a commune in the forest that is trapped there by a horrible disease. And again, just a different perspective. One of the main characters is blind, and that gives the story a really interesting extra dimension. She's almost like a superhero because she has these heightened senses due to not being able to see. And it's just, it's really interesting. I liked the way that she was portrayed, too, because she is weak in some ways, but then she's also so strong. And she leans heavily on those strengths. I like that she's not portrayed as, you know, weakened or less of a community member just because of the loss of her eyesight. Like I said, it almost gives her superhuman powers instead. It's really interesting. I have to say that this book is confusing in the best of ways. The ending is superb. Again, not at all what I expected, which is the best kind of ending as far as I'm concerned. I love, love, love this book. What a great way to end 2021 and season one of M's Books and Cats podcast. You can check out episode 62 if you missed last week's episode on this fantastic book. So that is my top six reads of 2021. It's been a really great year for reading. And like I said, head on over to the Books and Cats Instagram, books.cats.pod, if you want one of these books. And just send me a DM. If you're first, you can have it. I can't think of anything better than giving someone a new book for the holidays. I'd also like to take this time to express my immense gratitude to the people that I've gotten to interview this year. I started out with Carol James Marshall, who is an author who writes clean horror, and she just put out the excellent book Garden, which we talked about a lot in our interview, which was episode 34. If you didn't get to hear it, go back, check it out. She is a really interesting person to talk to, and her writing is really, really good. I especially love Garden. That is right up my alley. (laughs) I also am so grateful for Claire Tom, a poet who wrote a book of haikus called Ever Forward, and it had accompanying illustrations by her dad. It's a really beautiful book. The poems are really sweet. The pictures are sweet. It would be a really excellent book to read with a kid, but it's also just a nice book to kind of slow down and just sit and take it in and be relaxed. That's the goal that I'm always chasing, you know? Anyway, uh, episode 51, if you want to check out my interview with Claire. And finally, I am so grateful for Cat Soul from the podcast Kill the Cat, where she is the co-host, and she also has a really great web series on YouTube. You can check out episode 53 for more about Cat. I noticed while I was writing up my notes that all of my interviewees' names begin with a C, which I just found kind of strange. But thank you, ladies. I really loved getting to know all of you. I kind of just randomly reached out to these people because I admired their work, and they're all such wonderful people. And it's just another benefit of having this podcast is getting to meet people in the book and podcast community. There's some really great people out there, and these three ladies are definitely on that list. So check out their work, buy what you can, like things, anything you can do to support them. They're wonderful. And now it's time for the quote of the week. Obviously, I have more than one quote, 
I think I have five this week. I really was going, quote, happy. (laughs) So the first one is from Paolo Coelho. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. So bad at pronouncing things. (laughs) Anyway, it is always important to know when something has reached its end. Closing circles, shutting doors, finishing chapters. It doesn't matter what we call it. What matters is to leave in the past those moments in life that are over. And these are all just kind of, I don't know, thoughts for the end of the year, I guess. The next one is from Tolkien. If more of us valued food and cheer and song above hoarded gold, it would be a merrier world. The next quote is really more of a poem. Uh, It's from Oliver Herford. I heard a bird sing in the dark of December, a magical thing and sweet to remember. We are nearer to spring than we were in September. I heard a bird sing in the dark of December. I just thought that was cute. I like poems that have that rhythm. I'm not sure what you call that, but I like it. (laughs) Uh, Next is a quote from Confucius. By three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. I just found that helpful and interesting. And then finally, from Post Office by Charles Bukowski, can you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be? The new year always kind of gets me thinking about who I am, where I'm at, what I want to have happen in the next year, how I can make that happen, all those good things. And this year especially, because I've had a lot of turmoil in the last couple of years, this year a lot of like personal inner turmoil that has kind of shaken up like my belief system in a lot of things and especially in who I am as a person. So I'm kind of getting to discover who I actually am right now. And that quote really... That quote really spoke to me this week. (laughs) So finally, I have a new chapter of Heart of the Storm. I'm going to be continuing this story for as long as it takes to finish it. So it will continue on into season two. I don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, (laughs) But for now, please enjoy chapter 37 of Heart of the Storm. Gemma coughed and waved her hand in front of her face. She had blindly followed Martina from the safety of the tree and out into the valley. The land was covered with a thick layer of yellow-gray smog, and Gemma couldn't see more than a few inches in front of her face. A hand took hers and gave it a squeeze. Martina? she choked. It's me, she replied. Her voice sounded far away and muffled. Gemma squeezed her hand tighter. It's okay, Martina said softly. Trust me. Gemma nodded, realized she couldn't be seen, and gave Martina's hand one more squeeze. Martina pulled her forward through the disorienting fog. Gemma had to blindly trust this girl she had just met. A stranger, truly. Yet she did trust her, as if they had known each other their entire lives. At this point, what did she have to lose? After some walking blindly along, the surface underfoot changed. It became harder and flat, making it easier to walk. Something crunched under their steps, and a moment later, Martina pulled her through an unseen doorway. 
As they moved further into the building, the haze thinned, and Gemma was suddenly aware of where they were. She had seen these tattered gym mats before. It felt like a lifetime ago. Why are we here? She asked gruffly. Martino looks surprised. We're close to our destination. Why? Have you been here before? Gemma nodded slowly. Yeah, I don't like it here. We'll move on soon. Just let me regroup a little. Navigation is my skill, but this is taxing even for me. She sat down on a nearby bench and put her head in her hands. Her breathing was labored and ragged. Gemma felt bad. She moved toward her friend and laid a hand on her back. Gemma had some healing abilities, minor ones. She could give someone a brief recharge, a surge of energy to get through a task. But she wasn't sure she was strong enough to help Martina. The girl's breathing eased a little. She coughed and stood up abruptly. She moved away from Gemma and stretched her arms overhead. Don't, she said harshly. Your witch magic doesn't work on me. Never has. Gemma stuffed her hands in her pockets. Sorry, I should have asked first. Yeah, you should have. Martina was still facing away from Gemma. She couldn't look at her. It wasn't her fault. She didn't understand. Gemma had no clue how much that had hurt. Still, she couldn't look at her. Not yet. Maybe once the pain had fully passed. One benefit of Gemma's blunder was that Martina was now fully awake. The pain had shocked the sleep out of her, and her vision cleared. She was ready. Let's keep going, she said. I'm ready. Are you really? Martina clenched her hands into fists and shook her head. Honestly, I cannot wait for this to be over. It doesn't matter if we're ready. The time is now. Gemma nodded, but Martina still wouldn't look at her. She moved back into the fog by the broken window, stepped through, and vanished from sight. Gemma hurried to the window, but froze. Fear rushed through her blood. Then Martina's hand appeared in the haze. Gemma clung to it and stepped into the gloom. Nim's screaming woke Rhea, and she saw the ghoul rush out at them from the darkness. They dove just in time, and the garish face flew by and disappeared through the wall. Nim was still screaming. Rhea slapped her, and she finally fell silent. What is happening? Rhea yelled. We were sleeping safely in a comfortable room last I knew. Where are we, and what was that thing? Nim stared silently at the wall for a long time. Rhea was just beginning to lose the battle with her impatience when Nim finally spoke. I don't trust Thea. Moss told me enough of her hatred for my people and her need for all of us to perish. All of us, Rhea. Rhea waited. She had an answer to her cousin's claim, but it was not one she would like. Rhea was more important than the others. She could be useful to Thea, and therefore she should be spared any unpleasantness. By using Nim's energy for herself and keeping her alive, Rhea had saved Nim as well. She wished her cousin could understand that. They were on the right side. No one could stop Thea. Maz had known it. Unlike the other pawns in their game, Maz told Rhea the truth. All of it. What was that thing, Nim? The terror and gut-wrenching sadness Nim felt when she saw that face had been so overwhelming 
that Rhea had suffered too. Anything with that much power needed to be dealt with as soon as possible. My mother, Nim stammered. The forgotten sister. Keeper of the dead. And the first one sacrificed. Before Thea. Nim nodded. Her face went cold and unemotional. Rhea could no longer feel her cousin's feelings. She was learning how to control things, and that might be bad for them. Thea began the vanity magic. Mina joined in soon after. Their first attempts were practiced on young witches from the valley. My mother would hide the souls in the endless river. They were untraceable, even by the strongest witches. Nim sighed and leaned against the wall. There was a soft thud from the floor above. Both girls looked up and waited, but nothing else happened. Unfortunately, my mother was an emotional creature. She went from high to low in an instant. Kind to cruel. Love to hate. She liked to claim the ability to feel the feelings of others. Usually more deeply than they felt it themselves. The pain of the lost souls began to weigh on her. She heard the voices of the witch ghosts. And she made the mistake of speaking with them. She couldn't shake the guilt, and the pain was destroying her. She went to her sisters and begged them to stop. She was far younger than them, the youngest of the cousins, and they ignored her. It was only when she threatened to tell that they took her seriously. Then they killed her. Regret coursed through Rhea and tugged at her heart. She had never been very emotional, but now she understood her cousin a little better. She felt the depth of her pain. Nim had lost her mother, her people, and her identity. Rhea hadn't lost much, but she also didn't think she had much worth losing. She had powers and advantages. She was useful. Beyond that, she wasn't sure she had any worth. What do you want to do? She asked. She could feel Nim's surprise. Thea needs to go back. Her words were quick and so quiet that Rhea heard them more in her head than with her ears. She nodded slightly. Okay, she agreed. An ear-splitting siren erupted throughout the hall, and the sound of thundering footsteps could be heard over it. Rhea took control and ran into the open door, from which Nim's ghoul had emerged. She could feel her cousin's resistance, but Nim was too afraid. She didn't have the strength to stop it. Rhea slammed the door shut behind them and cast a strong binding spell on the lock. The siren stopped, but the stampede continued. Moments later, something big crashed into the door. The wood bulged in an unnatural way, but it returned to its original shape. The spell was holding. The room was painted from floor to ceiling in an underwater scene. The water swirled and seemed to move in ripples of blue and violet. The light in the room came from somewhere overhead, but the source wasn't clear. It sparkled throughout the room and grew brighter and brighter until Rhea was blinking rapidly in the glare. After a few moments, the lights began to fade, and as it dimmed, Rhea felt more and more weightless. The water moved into the room and held them gently. They remained suspended in place while the water swirled around them. Rhea didn't feel entirely comfortable with her feet hovering off the floor. Her body swayed with the gentle current, but she found the lack of control jarring. 
She then heard the most unnerving sound. Nim was laughing. This is lovely, she gasped between laughs. I have missed the water so much. She took control and they swooped and spun through the water. Rhea was breathless with the exhilaration of the smooth, fluid movements. Nim's joy filled them both. And then their skin began to tingle. The water fizzed around them, and their skin began to turn into tiny bubbles and float away. The water collected them and reshaped them. The pain was excruciating, but the girls were so broken down that they had no voices to express it. And that's it for Chapter 37, book lovers, and that's a wrap on Season 1 and 2021. I hope you enjoy your holidays, whatever you celebrate, and I hope you take a moment to look back over this past year and celebrate your accomplishments, even if it's just having survived the year. It's an accomplishment, and it's worth celebrating. Thank you guys so much for listening this year. I am so incredibly grateful. And until next year, keep reading.